Good morning, everybody. Today is Wednesday, November 20th, 11.30 a.m. Chicago, Illinois. Uh, My name is Andres Benitez, and you are listening to Creator Radio. Okay, let's hop right into it. Um, So, yes, this is the first episode of Creator Radio. And on today's show, we will be doing an in-depth review of Chick State 5. Uh, written and produced by Tory Lanes and Play Picasso. Um, so to begin, I'm going to go into a little bit of background information on um, what the Chick Tape series is, how it was named, kind of the origins of of the collection of, of mixtapes and this and album. Um, <clears throat> and just talk about the goal of, of the series. So to start, we're going to talk about uh, the origins, so and the name. So, Chicks Tape Five. Like, how did this? How did this thing come to be? Well, in several interviews, uh, Tory Lanez has expressed that the name Chicks Tape uh, came from making music for women. Uh, chicks, girls, mixtape music. Chicks Tape. So, a music or a mixtape for women, for the chicks, for the ladies. Um, there are now five of these, all of the previous one being mixtapes, and now this one being a full, full-fledged album that you can find on Spotify, Apple Music, um, and, you know, whatever streaming platforms that you own. Uh, but yeah, so then what is the series about? So Tory Lanez expresses that, again, it's, it's for music, but... It's for music for women, but he wanted it to be uh, romance music. He wanted it to be love-making music. He wanted it to be, you know, heavily R&B. He wanted it to be um, something that would would bring women in, just so you know he could get more listens, but also you know expand his his fan base. He wanted to show people um, that he could do different things and and you know hit different spots and. And you know, fulfill different roles in music and still be relevant. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But so yeah, that was the kind of the origins of how the Chick Tape series came about. Um, the first one, Chick Tape One, was all samples from the early '90s. Chick Tape Two was the early to mid '90s. Chick Tape Three, the mid to late '90s. Uh, Chick Tape Four, the late '90s to early 2000s. And then uh, wrapping up this <clears throat> this album, Chick State Five, were all samples from uh, the early 2000s to the mid 2000s. Uh, okay, that's pretty cool. Good to know. Good to know. Another component of this is the actual storyline that that runs through the Chick Tape series. Um, so this was, you know, not based off a hundred percent accurate to Tory Lanez's life, but essentially the way that the storyline goes is that he meets uh, a girl and her name is Jalissa. That's the first girl that we, that, that the listeners um, get to meet and that's in, you know, one and two. Tory Lanez then goes on to moving on and then he meets a girl named Keisha, I believe is the second girl that he talks to and is flirting with. Um, Keisha and Jalissa, I believe, are friends. Uh, but then the whole, you know, storyline gets spun out of proportion and, and kind of, you know, flies back into Tory Lanez's face when he starts to get involved with a girl named um, Leah, who 
believe it or not, and uh, hopefully, maybe this maybe this is the the truth of of Tori Lanez's life. But that is actually Keisha's little sister, um, Leah. So all three ladies at the end of the Chick Tape series kind of realize, you know, that Tori Lanez has been talking and flirting with all of them, <clears throat> being romantic with all of them, having, um, you know, sexual relationships with all of them, and there's one track in the in this new chicks tape and it's called um best of you <clears throat> dash busted skit so i'm sure you can make a few inferences from that but um the ladies the ladies do find uh you know i guess their own form of revenge by just calling calling tori out but you need to listen to the the ad lib uh sketches or skits <clears throat> throughout the chicks tape series to get a better better understanding of of the storyline so that's kind of cool, you know, giving the viewers or the listeners a, a storyline to follow throughout the, all five chicks tapes, as well as this sense of um, taking older music and, and resampling it to give it that sense of nostalgia. Um, so that's a good little background information on what the chicks tape series is. Um, I'm now going to go into my initial reactions of the album. <clears throat> And I think that with a little uh, explanation, you guys will see where I'm coming from as far as my thoughts or my reactions to the album. Uh, when I first listened to it, I think I just thought it was kind of an average, you know, run-of-the-mill um, R&B album. You had obviously once again this, these nostalgia samples that are that you that are coming back, and you, you haven't heard these these songs for a while, especially chopped up and mixed like this. Um, you hear you know very not portions of it, but you feel the core of, of the samples that are being played in, um, in the new Chicks tape. And it's almost, they're fun and they're upbeat and they're happy. And some of them are really romantic and happy. And some of them are kind of sad. And um, I think that this all just adds to the idea of and the background goal of, of what the album is, a nostalgia tape. Um, the reason why I say it's like not average or, or run of the mill, but I was almost disappointed um, in the features that Tory Lanez had on on this album, and it's kind of a double edged sword because he includes so many iconic figures during that time on the album, and he has so many samples from different artists. I mean. Just to name a few, we have T-Pain, Snoop Dogg, Chris Brown, Ludacris, Trey Songs, Ashanti, Lil Wayne, Fabulous, like, and many more, you know, people that I don't even know or I didn't listen to it when I was growing up. Um, and it, it legitimizes the album uh, because, you know, the whole point is that it's a nostalgia album. So what better way to make a nostalgia tape than actually having the original artist come back and do remixes of their best songs? Um, genius, a genius idea, but <clears throat> for me, they almost, they didn't overshadow Tori, but they didn't give him the spotlight, like, and, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but I, we, I want to discuss this because that's why I feel like this, um, and we'll bring it all back together, so just stick with me for a second, but Tory Lanez, the reason why I am such a fan of Tory Lanez is because he's, in my opinion, 
the most versatile artist today as far as the things that he can do not only with his voice but his rapping skills from singing international songs to connecting to um, his fan base through his live performances you know he he's crowd surfed um, a huge part of his live show is is connecting with his audience and being in the crowd with them and he's learned how to crowd surf properly and like this the dangers of it he's, he's learned how to do all these things so not only is he putting on a live performance that's incredible and engaging but he can sing and he can he can rap and and he can um, do Spanish he can do international songs so he can produce he you know he he's such a one-man show and if you have any doubts about the claims that I'm making um, go and listen to chicks Tape five go and listen to any of chicks tapes if you want to hear him sing go and search up a freestyle of his on uh, you know shave 45 or or you know wh whatever freestyle you want to listen to he spits bars um, it's incredible he he comes out of a place where he'd be doing it for like 12 minutes he doesn't stop um, so I and, and you know, obviously he's been teasing this this Spanish album but I can't I can't wait to see it and I've seen some of his live performances so I can attest to that too they're insane they're absolutely insane um, but tying this back together to what I was trying to say already was the fact of the matter is the artists that he includes on the album, they don't need to be there. It, it makes the album better that they are as far as like a logistic standpoint. But I know Tory Lanez to be so, uh, you know, universal in making music that I don't think that he need needed any features. Like I wanted to hear his spin on just the songs that he was picking from. I didn't need to hear T-Pain's voice. I didn't need to hear Chris Brown's voice. I didn't need to hear Tor uh, Trey Song's voice. I didn't. And again, not to say that didn't make the album better. I'm sure for a lot of people it did. But for me personally, I didn't feel as though they were needed at all. I think that the samples that he chose did that on its own. A hundred percent, it did it on its own. It it created that sense of nostalgia. It created that sense of of of. Um, you know, those memories that, that you would be a part of when if you lived back then and listened to that music. But the only reason that the, that, the, that the artists were included was just to make it that much harder to achieve, in my personal opinion. So I think that when you listen to, the, when you listen to Chick's Tape 5, you'll get a sense of what he's going for. And the features obviously help that and drill that in for some, for some of the younger audience who don't know where the samples are coming from. But if you're talking about purely about the music, I think it was a you know a pretty media, like pretty average R&B album. Um, now I will go. So I think that's pretty good. I think that summarizes my thoughts um, about my like reactions to the album. <clears throat> I'm gonna go into like my top five songs that I really enjoyed off this album, just to give you guys, you know, a little a condensed version. So I mean, you should listen to all 18, especially if you want to hear the storyline. And see how it goes, but um, if you just want to have a quick, quick five, five track listen, listen along, I definitely go with. And this is no in no real order of my favorite, but number one, if you gotta, featuring Fabulous. Number two, Still Waiting, featuring Trey Songs. Number three, One Twelve, uh, featuring Slim and Nice. Number four, Broken Promises, and number five, Yes Sir. Um, I think. These all of these start to hit uh, at the later end of the 
track of the album so that was kind of nice to you know have a solid finishing but i think some of the first ones um they weren't as memorable for me the most memorable song on this album and i think the the one that summarizes my frustrations with with chick state five perfectly is number five yes sir um that's actually number 10 on the track list no features just tory lanes and that's what i wanted it to be that's what i wanted this album to be um this song has a great bounce to it they've created this bounce by using a guitar string lick and this very robust and steady bass line that really drives uh, the song and you can hear it and like the bass line along with the guitar string it gives it that vintage feel it gives it that funk that almost funky type of vibe and you know when you close your eyes and you're listening to the song like you can just imagine being Tory Lanez and being in Miami and having a you know a drop top convertible and and you're driving down the road and the palm trees are there and the sun is setting and you have a you know your significant other beside you or you know whatever the case may be maybe you just listen to music and you're just cruising um and maybe that's a cliche way to look at it but when i close my eyes it really felt like uh it just took me to that place it took me to miami it just took me right there and you know freaking 2003 um so that was kind of cool i definitely suggest listening to the rest of the tracks but that those are my top five um Okay, cool. So moving along now. So that was, you know, just very basic and, you know, pretty short um, initial reaction background and the top five tracks that I had uh, to conclude I the show, the, you know, the, the review of Chick's Tape 5, I, I want to talk about um, the music versus the idea of the music or the idea of the album. I think that the idea of the album and the logistics of it it you have to consider it to be a, a, the album of the year or in the running for album of the year. I mean, it, to even begin to understand the production or the level of detail that was that was put into this to take, you know, to make 18 songs all coming from all the way dating back all the way to the early 90s, all sampled by people who were also sampling people. You know, the clearancing on the on this album must have been a nightmare because you have to consider that you're not just clearing one sample from somebody. You're clearing that sample that maybe they sampled from somebody else. And that might have been all the way back in, you know, before the 90s. And then you have to consider the, you know, the record labels that are involved and the individual artists that are involved and the managers that are involved and the distribution platforms that are involved and I think, let alone the fact that you have, uh, you know, ten plus iconic, you know, superstars in from from that era on your your album, it just shows the level of detail, production, thought that must go into making something like this. So I and I've never seen anybody do something like this. I think this idea of bridging these two generations is these two like waves of people who listen to completely different music it was done so perfectly like it like his voice and the and the melodies and and the rhythm and the beat the bass lines the the synths the you know if you want you you want any idea of production or singing quality like listen to this album just give it a shot like his vocals are incredible 
Um, so yeah, I think that as far as a production standpoint, as far as a idea standpoint, as far as a logistics standpoint, nothing like this has ever been done, um, at least that I'm aware of. And I think it deserves to be considered to be one of the best albums of the year. Um, but again, if you're looking at it just from the music standpoint, and that's probably the thing that means the most to the most amount of people, I think it's a pretty decent, you know, run-of-the-mill R&B album. I'm not going to gas it up. I think that there are some tracks that are better than others. I think that having 18 tracks, you know, it's album worthy. That's that's the number that, you know, most albums usually tend to be right around that number, you know, 15, you know, maybe 10 on the low end of an album. But um, I think 18 is a lot. I think that, and I don't think that you needed all these features. Like, I, I think it legitimizes the album again, but I really would have liked to hear what, what, Tori would have done by himself with the tools that he has and just doing remixes of the samples that he wanted to and not having to include all the artists or not having to include um, people that maybe to him make the album a lot better, but maybe some of the tracks just weren't needed. I don't know. I, I think that overall, the again, the idea, phenomenal, logistics, phenomenal, but some of the music, I, I think that it could have been better if it was just Tori. Um, that's my personal opinion. Uh, I know that people will probably, you know, maybe the older generation will will feel differently, especially because I have, you know, I really have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to this generation of music. I'm too young. I didn't. I don't know all these artists. I know of them. I know of the majority of them, but I didn't listen to them growing up. I wasn't. I wasn't facing any romance trouble or you know life struggles when when this music was being made. I was still a kid. I was still a child. Um, so yeah, I think that's another way to look at it. Um, I really respect Tori. I, I think he's a great artist, and I think that this makes him, um, this album really makes him a bigger, bigger than life artist because it really does show everybody who exactly Tori Lanez is, and that is an animal at working, uh, work ethic monster, a creative genius, multifaceted um, musician artist. Rapper, singer, dancer, entertainer, um, you know, just, I, I really can't give it up more. I mean, I think, I'm really excited to hear the rest of the music that he puts out for the rest of the year, or starting in 2020. Um, this was a great way to end 2019, I think, for Tory Lanez, just because this was such a highly anticipated album that now that it's out the way, everything else is just going to be candy. Everything else is just going to be, <clears throat> you know, everything else that he drops it's just gonna be you know the the sprinkles on top of on top of the cupcake or the cake it's just it's just gonna be the extra the and it's i think it's gonna be great um so yeah so just to conclude everything um i'm gonna give it a rating i'm gonna rate the the album the way that i hear it um i think that we'll definitely be doing it um one bite, everybody knows the rules. Davey Page views, aka El Prez, aka Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports, will be doing the pizza review just the same way. We'll be giving it a, every album a figure skating score. So one through ten using decimals. Uh, ten is a rookie score, doesn't exist because tens, there's no such thing as perfect. You might hear something better the next time. Uh, but I think that overall, it's like an eight two. I think the album's like an eight two. I think that the idea of it really carries the album really far. 
you know, throws it into the conversation of album of the year logistically. Um, do I think the music is something that I'll be listening to on loop? Some of the songs, yeah, definitely. Um, but not all of them, not all 18. Um, I think it's an A2. I think it's a really solid album. Um, and I'm really impressed with how it turned out. But, you know, I think just from a logistical standpoint, that's what awes me so much. It's not, it's not really the music. It's, it's really more how it came to be. And, and the whole series, you know, from the beginning, this is this is something that was started um, like 2000. And I don't want, I don't want to quote him wrong, but like 2009, I think, is when the first chick tape dropped. And to see this, you know, to see this thing grow and become a whole series of things that people really enjoy and have really impacted and hit all the goals that he wanted to hit, which was expand his fan base, include more women, show the world he can make R&B music. And then do it at such a high level. I, I think that you know that this does accomplish that. So I do tip the cap to you, Tory Lanes um, and Play Picasso, the producer, the, one of the main producers, or the main producer. I'm gonna give it an eight point two. Um, and yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be my review of Chicks Tape Five. Thank you all for listening once again. I am your host Andres Benitez. You are listening to Creator Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or recommendations for the show, uh, my email or an email that you can that you can send all of those questions or comments to is creatorcompany401 at gmail.com. Link will be or the email will be in the description of the podcast, but that's creator C R E A T O R Company C O M P A N Y 401 at gmail.com. You already know. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and listening to this to this podcast. Peace. <laughs>